Once You Know, You Know, a podcast for busy women to level up their health and fitness so that they can get off the diet merry-go-round for good. This is real lessons from real women and industry professionals on how you can improve your health and fitness habits and discover just how incredible your body is and is designed to feel. I'm Lindsay Parkinson and I'll be your host. Let's get stuck into the episode. Welcome back to Once You Know, You Know, and in today's episode, I'm going to tell you all you need to know about our good old friend, the carbohydrate. And yes, I call it a friend. It is definitely not the enemy. It is definitely not something that you need to cut out in most cases in order to get body composition results and why you might have been afraid of it in the past. Now, there are a number of reasons why I wanted to talk about this one because carbs get really demonized. You know, there was a time when I worked back in a gym. I think I might have been 19 or 20 and somebody told me to stop eating fruit because that was the reason that I couldn't lose weight. So much sugar in fruit. It was not the fruit. It probably had more to do with the way that I was spending my weekends. But hey, there are myths and fads that go around all the time. And my job here is to try and break them down for you to help you on your way. Now, the reason I wanted to talk about this one is because I recently had a question on my free coach Friday about every time somebody eats a quarter of a cup of rice, their weight goes up. And I explained on my story about why that might happen. So one of the reasons why the scale can go up when you eat carbohydrates, especially in large quantities or if they're refined carbohydrates, it can be a temporary weight gain. Now, if you consistently, this is a disclaimer, if you consistently overeat more energy, whether that be carbohydrates, proteins, or fats, and you are in a calorie surplus, you are going to gain weight if you do that consistently. But what this person was talking about is like a short change in their weight where they might eat a quarter of a cup of rice, weigh themselves, whether that be the following day or maybe on the day, and they would see the scale go up. So I've spoken about this to you before about how we need to look at the the scale and interpret the data that we get from it. It's important to know that the number that you see on the scale is a whole or total of your body weight. Now, that's going to include things like water, muscle mass, fat mass, your skeleton, your organs, a whole bunch of stuff that includes your whole body weight, right? So it's impossible to determine if you see an increase on the scale if that is, is it water? Have I just not done a poo? Do I need to do a wheat? Like, is it from a heavy exercise session? Are my muscles inflated? Like, what is going on? Now, when somebody weighs themselves, I will always, always, always recommend, firstly, have a good relationship with the scale to look at it objectively and understand that the scale is meant to fluctuate. Three, if you're trying to change your body composition, please make sure that you are doing this with multiple data points. Don't just say the scale is the determinant because where people go wrong with this is that they need to see the scale going down. And if say they are strength training or say there is a fluctuation with their weight because of their cycle, they will go into a total head spin when they see that number change. So you need to have a good education around the data and what the scale is actually good for. It can actually be really good for tracking fluctuations within your cycle. And for those of my clients that do have a good relationship with their body and scale and food, I have no problems with them weighing themselves frequently. And that's because they'll be like, hey, I know that I'm at this point in my cycle. So that's tend to be when I get a little bit heavier. Now, my clients weigh themselves only if they want to. It is completely optional. But what we usually find is that there is a fluctuation from the point of ovulation through to menstruation. It usually goes up just a little bit because we tend to retain a little bit more water based on the changing of hormones. So I think I've done a podcast on that, or maybe it's just an audio for my clients. My clients get so 
many resources. Whenever somebody has a question, I will often do a deep dive and then pop it in our little community that we've got. So because if somebody, chances are, if somebody's asking a question, other people want to know about it. Hence what we're talking about today with our carbohydrates. So what can happen when or can contribute to a temporary weight gain or fluctuation on the scale when you eat carbohydrates is because of water retention. So carbohydrates like those found in things like any anything like pasta, rice, bread, all of those kind of things, even your refined or processed foods, carbohydrates are stored in the body as glycogen and that will bind to water molecules. So for every gram of glycogen stored, your body may retain several grams of water. So often I'll explain to my clients if they say we do, we call it data collection, I've changed the name, but we do data collection on a Sunday. And if they're somebody who chooses to weigh themselves and the scale's gone up, they might be like, oh, at first they're like, I don't know what's going on. And I'll be like, look, last night you had like a nice little, whether it be like a chicken satay and there was some rice or maybe there was some naan or roti or something in there. This is probably just a temporary fluctuation. Your measurements are all still going down. So that's a good indication that we're still getting some really great body composition changes, but this is probably just temporary. Your body may be retaining a little bit of water, partly because of that glycogen and the water binding to that. So it just might cause a temporary increase in water retention that you see on the scales. Now, when somebody goes on a lower carbohydrate diet, they might see an initial like large drop on the scale. And this can be very motivating for somebody to stay on their low carbohydrate diet because they're like, wow, I've lost 1.2 kilos in a week. But what they don't realize is that often that process will slow and it often has more to do with the fact they've changed what they're consuming. They may not be holding on to as much water and potentially what they were weighing in at is actually just a water weight. So another thing to take into consideration is that eating a meal high in carbohydrates can lead to increased food volume in your digestive system. So the weight of the food itself, along with the water used in digestion, can actually just increase your body weight until the food is fully digested or eliminated. I have a really good post on my Instagram, and I'm not even embarrassed about this, in that I weighed myself before I went to the bathroom and after. And the difference was about four to 500 grams, I'm pretty sure. And that's fairly common. So, you know, I think it's really important to look at the scale objectively and then take what you need from it. But unless you've got the right information and you're listening to something like this, or you're one of my clients, it can be really difficult to interpret the scale based on how we've been taught in the past. We've all got this previous conditioning, which I always speak about in that we may have seen our parents weigh themselves a lot. That was the be all and end all. There wasn't as much information out there about having a good muscle mass composition on the body and it certainly was all about going really really low calorie so carbohydrates are a source of energy and it doesn't matter which macronutrient or which energy you're getting from if you are consuming more calories than what your body requires consistently you are going to probably put on weight okay that is how it works we all know that we need to be in a calorie deficit to change our body composition in terms of fat loss but say you want to put on muscle mass you may need to be in a calorie surplus that is how it works now the thing with carbohydrates is that they're pretty high in energy but also a lot of them are quite palatable they're soft very easy to chew and they taste really, really good. And most people don't know what their energy balance needs to be. So quite often they might look at something and have that in excess, whether it be carbohydrates or whether it is fats, things like that. 
and they don't realize how much energy it has. Now, I've done plenty of these on my socials about, say, for example, 206 calories is a small McDonald's fries. Okay, that's predominantly going to be carbohydrates coming from potato. They're also going to be fried in oil. So they're probably the two main macronutrients in there. Now, that is the equivalent to 26 Brussels sprouts. So 26 Brussels sprouts equals 206 calories. Now, most people in their right mind are not eating 26 Brussels sprouts. They're definitely not. I mean, if they are, hopefully they're drinking heaps of water because they may end up feeling a little bit constipated with that amount of fiber. But all that aside, most people aren't eating that much. Now, when we have something like a really quite simple carbohydrate, say it is McDonald's fries that's highly palatable, it's very difficult to stop eating. Your body and your brain have been like, oh, that tasted really good, lights up the pleasure centers. It also wasn't a very large volume of food. So it's much easier to then take in more of that food because it tasted good and you've got that sort of connection of like, oh, I really enjoyed that. I'd really like some more. And when we don't understand how much energy is in something, aka 206 calories is not a lot, by the way, but if it means that you are going to overeat later on because that food, that packet of McDonald's chips won't actually keep you full for very long. If you were to eat 26 Brussels sprouts, you're probably not eating for a good like three hours, I would say. Take a long time to digest that amount of cruciferous veg, that's for sure. So there are different foods give us different types of longevity. And sometimes people find it very difficult to moderate or understand how many carbohydrates they actually need. So they tend to eat overeat on them or they find it really difficult to moderate them. So this is a reason why people tend to avoid carbs to lose weight. So there's a bit of a like misconception around this and they think that the idea of avoiding carbohydrates is necessary for weight loss. And that's not true. Our body actually loves and can function much better when we get a balance of our macronutrients and carbohydrates are included in that, okay? But the low-carb diets gain lots of popularity because you can see those quick changes in your, your weight. There can be rapid weight loss changes, albeit it might be water retention. But there's a misinter- misinterpretation of low-carb diets. You know, things like keto and Atkins, where you restrict your carbohydrate intake while promoting probably higher consumption of proteins and fats. Now, while these diets can lead to the rapid initial weight loss due to water retention and potentially calorie restriction, you you see, the thing is, if you remove one whole macronutrient, like right, so I would say more recently, it's been you should remove carbohydrates. But prior to this, it was everything needed to be low fat, low calorie. And the one thing about getting a balance of your macronutrients is they all do different things within the body. And getting a good balance in means your body's going to function optimally. It's not about removing one. But what people might find if they do remove one particular macronutrient, say whether it was fats or carbs, Protein's a bit of a category of its own. I'll go into that in a sec. But when they remove either one of those, potentially what they're doing is because they are restricting a large portion of foods they may have overconsumed in before, they could potentially end up in a calorie deficit, potentially. But what happens a lot of times, especially when people don't understand what their energy balance is, that if they are removing one particular macronutrient, say it is carbohydrates, they may therefore increase their fats and they may actually end up consuming the same amount of energy, if not more, they're just getting it from a different energy source. So that's where when I'm working with someone on my program, I like to teach them about their own balance of macronutrients, what their own energy requirements are, which is different for every single person, and then work out what their sort of diet preference is and how they feel like their body best functions. 
No secret, I talk about it all the time. I definitely function off a higher fat, lower carbohydrate diet, but that does not mean that I am cutting out the food group entirely. I will definitely get in a serve of carbohydrates every single day. And often with most meals, because what a lot of people forget is that while we've got our more like simple carbohydrates, we also have our complex carbohydrates. You know, certainly there are definitely foods like vegetables and whatnot that still have a carbohydrate content, but most people don't think about that. When we think about carbohydrates, we think more like our breads, rice, pastas. And then if we're talking about like our simple carbohydrates, we're talking more about like our processed foods, you know, whether that be potato chips or like high sugar foods and things like that. So If you decide to go no carbohydrates and you were eating those types of maybe ultra processed foods and you're no longer eating them, but you're not replacing them with anything else, yeah, you might end up in a calorie deficit. But it also shouldn't deter you from getting quality carbohydrates from likely complex, more complex sources, things like oats or bananas or apples, like All of these things contain an element of carbohydrates, but people just think, oh, well, I want to go for what is going to be the quickest option. But often that can sometimes mean that uh, you overeat later on when you finally give yourself permission to have carbohydrates and you're like, oh, I've been so good. And then you eat like, I don't know, a whole pizza or the whole bag of chips. And you're like, but that's okay because I've been so good. And we start to use these different things to justify why we made the choice. But in reality, if we just had the right knowledge, We'd probably be able to eat those things in moderation. Plenty of my clients do. One of my clients recently on my program was so excited to find out that like she was going to go out for pizza with her friends and she could have it. And I was like, I don't know what kind of other PTs you worked with before, but I understand this could be a thing. But we were able to factor it all in and make it a really beautiful balanced day of foods. And she went, she enjoyed, and she was like, this feels so good because once you know, you know, hence the name of the podcast, but without that information we feel like we need to go to these quick fix or like these quick weight loss sort of strategies. And, you know, in popular media culture, weight loss is really often simplified to just cut your carbs out. You'll be fine or avoid fats, you know, avoid a specific food group. This oversimplification really ignores like the complex factors that contribute to weight management. And that includes overall calorie intake, like dietary composition, physical activity levels, metabolism. There are so many different things, your lifestyle that, factor or we need to take into consideration when we're looking at your energy balance. And this is one of the things that can bother me a little bit about when I see meal plans. And it's no secret, I do not do meal plans on my program. If somebody was particularly busy and they felt like they thrived off having a like sort of standard breakfast, standard lunch situation, I would still try and guide them to make that choice themselves. But one of the reasons why I don't love meal plans and I'm never going to name and shame because I know that there are multiple different ways to end up at the same outcome. But one thing that does really bother me is when I see a meal plan spruiked all over social media and it is filled with processed foods because there is so many micronutrients that you can be missing out on by not including whole fresh foods into your diet. And I see them all the time where people are like, okay, they're replacing them with things that they know exactly how many calories are in them. And but it can be really, really processed. It can be like your off-the-shelf protein powders and milks that have all these different like sort of additives and things in them. Then that could be followed by a protein bar, a paddle pop. like, And then there'll be like one sort of very smallish but energy-dense meal that might be like, I don't know, like some sort of like 
pesto pasta, but it'll be literally like four noodles of pasta and like two bits of chicken. And people are like, I'm so satisfied. This was so filling. And I look at that and I was like, that would fill my big toe. I eat a large volume of food. Most of my clients eat a large volume of food because we can, because we've got a really good handle on how to break up those macro and also get in those micronutrients. So I really hate that when people think, oh, well, I'll just cut carbs because they're going for that quick fix. But then when they're presented in a circumstance, whether it be they go to the movies or they're at their friend's house or whatever, they end up going mad on them because they're like, oh, I haven't had them in so long. And then they feel a bit crap and they don't build a good relationship with it. You know, this is partly to blame because of marketing and dietary trends. Many commercial diets and weight loss programs promote the idea of just avoiding carbohydrates as a key strategy for like shedding weight pretty quickly. This message is really appealing to people that maybe feel frustrated with their weight loss or maybe feel frustrated they don't have a process in place that they can rely on or understand how to moderate those choices. So when we get to that point of like despair and frustration, I've 100% been there. I've 100% cut out carbs completely before. When I was on the blood type diet, there were so many things that I decided that I just wasn't eating, albeit I decided to be quite selective about that because as you know, it did not cut out my espresso martinis or my McDonald's on the weekend. And I was like, this diet does not work. So you've got to look at things as a whole, but in order to get some realistic and long-term and sustainable changes, it's really important to find the balance. I talk about this a lot with my clients. And because I like to look at health as a very broad sort of spectrum, it isn't just what you eat and how you train. Yes, those things affect your health, but also if you're undertaking a particular protocol that takes away from your social connection with your family and friends or you know your emotional health, then I don't believe that that is 100% healthy. Absolutely not. I believe that it is a detriment. And I'll always talk about with clients or my clients in particular, we talk about things being a bit like um, a set of scales or a seesaw. And, you know, on one end, say to the very left, that is your like ultra processed foods, you know, what people would label as junk foods. I would call them sometimes foods, which people are not eating, sometimes they're eating all the times. Then on the other very end, the right side of the, the seesaw, you have people who will only eat vegetables and, you know, plain, like very lean proteins. If the seesaw hits either end, you're detracting from another area of your health. So you want to sit somewhere in the middle. And some days you may step a little bit to the left where you're enjoying the sometimes foods, but then other days you go like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to take a couple of steps back to the right. If you're working on something in particular, you might take more steps to the right for a longer period of time to be consistent until you go, okay, look, I'm happy to factor some new things in and I'm going to find that balance. So it's all about finding what is going to work for you and long-term because there's no point in cutting carbs for three months to fit into whatever, your wedding dress, I don't know, a pair of jeans, going on a, I don't know, overseas holiday or something like that, only to overindulge on the other side and have to start back from square one because it's way more frustrating then and then you've built this sort of like resilience in your like head not in a good way but like uh how do I put it you've almost built up this sort of precedent sorry where okay I can't do this I find this really hard I'm always going to be like this why can't I stick to anything it's because you don't have the right knowledge the right support the understanding of your body and how it actually is meant to function so you know people will often associate going low carb with just being on a diet with just getting those particular results. But what we have to also think about is 
how carbs are actually important to the body and what it actually does. So the body functions better with certain types of carbohydrates, particularly your complex ones, found in like whole grains, fruits, vegetables, like legumes, things like that, you know, your lentils and whatnot. And that's because complex carbohydrates provide more of a steady and sustained source of energy because they slow, like they digest a little bit slower and absorb a little bit slower than say something that is more of like a higher carbohydrate food. So if you think about, you know, if you were to eat, say, an apple, there's fiber in there, the skin is quite thick, it takes a little while to digest, there's quite a little bulk going on in there, and it does have some carbohydrate content to it. Now, if you were to have, say, I don't know, a tablespoon of honey, which has quite a lot of carbohydrates, your body is going to digest both of those things very differently because one is sort of more of a refined or simpler carbohydrate than the other. So getting in some complex carbohydrates actually often means that you might be more satisfied and fuller between meals. And because of the gradual release of glucose into the bloodstream, you get a steady supply of energy and that helps maintain those stable blood sugar levels. And that provides fuel for bodily functions and activities all the way through throughout the day. So if you think about when you've got that, you know, the 3 p.m. hungries, I talk about them a lot and you're like, oh, I'm starting to get really tired and you're like, oh, I'm just going to reach for the chocolates or the biscuit or whatever. You'll feel good for a very short period after that, but then you sort of crash just as quickly as you sort of felt good. So changing where you're getting your energy from, aka swapping out the cookie to an apple, might mean that you get a sustained energy release and it might actually get you all the way through dinner to dinner without actually thinking, oh, I need a second apple. Very uncommon that people are like, I'll go for the second apple. People are like, yeah, that's the apple. Might have a couple of strawberries. Maybe, maybe a couple of nuts. I'll be all right. I'll move on. That when people have biscuit, they eat the biscuit and then they like sit there, especially if you're at your desk and you're like, I can't wait to finish work. I definitely think I'll just have another biscuit. Have another biscuit. I'm really tired. Oh, I'll go get like a known can of soft drink or something like that. Oh, I'm still feeling tired. And then when they get home, they're looking in the cupboard before they've even gotten a chance to make dinner and they're already looking for something else that might be like sugary or sweet, okay? Complex carbohydrates as well, they're often nutrient dense. So if we think about the nutrients that might be found in the cookie, and don't get me wrong, there's nothing wrong with having a cookie when they're moderated and they're part of a balanced diet. But if you were to have, say, something like an apple, which has got that dietary fiber, the vitamins, the minerals, the phytonutrients, all of these things, they're important important for supporting your overall health, your immune function, your digestive health, you know, disease prevention. So there is lots of different benefits to going for more of a nutrient dense item like the apple over the cookie. But if you are following a like calorie counting or meal plan they'll be like yeah you did like that fits into your calorie total for the day so you can just go and eat that they don't actually think about the longevity of energy in my opinion now that is not gospel that's just i i have a whole food method that i want my clients to run with because the way that the, the food that you eat affects your mood it affects your body it affects your health there are so many flow on effects from the types of food that we eat and you know i've spoken about this definitely on my my socials that Yes, you could eat McDonald's every day. If you're in your calorie deficit, you will still lose weight. If you are in your calorie deficit, will you be hungry? Probably. Will you feel really tired? Will you might feel lethargic? Can you train well? Is your hair going to grow well? Is your skin going to glow? All of these different factors can play a part. You know, and for a very small majority of the population, that could very well be true. I know we've all sort of got a friend that can seemingly eat whatever they want and not put on any weight, but that's going to come down to genetics, gut microbiome, and a few other different factors as well. But for a large percentage of the population, it's not a very happy existence to eat a small quantity of processed food to stay in a calorie deficit 
versus a large volume of nutrient-dense food that's going to support your body in a number of ways, okay? And when we're talking about things like that, you know, lots of our complex carbohydrates have a beautiful amount of fiber to them. Fiber is crucial for your digestive health also your satiety, which can help with weight management. So if we don't get enough fiber in our diet, it can be sometimes really hard to have a regular bowel movement or to have an evacuation because the fiber helps prevent constipation, especially if you are getting in enough water. Sometimes if somebody starts, they change up their diet and they don't drink enough water, but they've increased their fiber content, it can make them a little bit constipated as well. So it's one of the reasons why I'm always telling my clients that we want to make sure that we're trying to hit a bit of a water target. It's not just to stay hydrated. It's because there's a number of different things that water helps within the body. And it's another reason why if you join my program, I always give my clients a time-marked water bottle because if you're just drinking water out of a cup, it can be really difficult to work out how much you've had. I know that I am a culprit of this, especially when I'm really busy and then I've got like super hectic days on. If I don't have my water bottle in sight and I can't see those time markings, I might get to like three o'clock and be like, I have had half a liter of water today. Not not great when you're eating as much food or as fiber as much fiber as I am because you definitely want to have an evacuation quite regularly because if you come backed up, it's not very comfortable and there's that bloating. You're also going to see that increase on the scale because quite literally it could be full of poop. Nobody wants that. So, you know, having a lot like a good fiber-filled diet helps with those regular bowel movements, um, but it can also contribute, like the fiber, can contribute to feelings of fullness and help you control your appetite, leading to better weight management strategies and also improved metabolic health. There are some really interesting studies coming out about how fiber can help. The, obviously, it helps the gut microbiome, but also how it can impact different hormones and the way that we regulate and uptake the use of glucose and glycogen. So these are really, really important things to consider. Your complex carbohydrates can also, like I said before, help regulate your blood sugar. Okay. So you don't get those rise and falls. And that's really important because when you get the rise and the fall, you may very well be looking for that high energy, like quick fix, or potentially even, I want to say caffeine stimulant type situation. If you're feeling like dead tired in the afternoon, you're like, oh, I just don't want those I won't have the cookie because I know that that's not good. I'm just going to have that second coffee. If you're somebody that has a second coffee and then can't sleep through the night, then it's not doing you any favors either because getting broken sleep or a sleepless night will often make you feel hungrier the next day. It can sometimes elevate your cortisol levels because you're not getting the right amount of sleep. And often when we're feeling tired, what do we do? We crave more of our carbohydrate, but our like refined carbohydrate foods. And it can be very difficult to moderate those, especially if you don't know what your energy balance is. So when I'm talking about carbohydrates team, what I really want you to think about is the best way to have a good and healthy diet is to have a balanced approach. All of my clients, when I'm working with them, will get a combination of carbs, fats, and proteins into their diet every single day and we make it work so that if their aim is fat loss that they are in a calorie deficit and if they want to say gain some muscle often that means being in a calorie surplus but we'll usually do that with things like carbohydrates and proteins but it's a whole different story as you know 
most of the women that I work with aiming for a change in body composition by decreasing body fat percentage. But they can be really scared of carbohydrates or sometimes they can think, yeah, the only thing I can do is go really, really low carb. But it's all around having the right education. I don't want anyone to be scared of a quarter of a cup of rice. I don't want anyone to be scared when the scale is going up. I want to provide you with as much information as you need so that you can understand how there's a time and place for all foods. And it's really important to know that because if you just need to get patient with the process rather than thinking, okay, I want to go quick fix because I've left it too short between bent, adjust your why and why you're doing it and think, okay, well, whatever results I get, I want to keep them. So how am I best doing that? Is it realistic for me to cut out carbohydrates? Because if you're, I'm telling you, if you go to, if you go to my mom's house, she's Irish, she loves a potato. Or if you're going to Nonna's house and she's cooking you some pasta, if you have to tell her, no, I don't want those things. One, they're going to worry about you. Two, they're going to be like, oh, it's, is it worth it? It's so worth learning about your food and energy intake because it allows you to have food freedom. It gives you the power of choice. And that means that you don't ever have to feel restricted. You can understand when, where, and why to balance things in. And you also understand the importance of each of those macronutrients. Every single one of them plays a part in optimal health. It isn't carbohydrates alone that are making you gain weight. It will be because you are taking in more energy than you are expending. But a lot of people think it has to be this be all and end all. But I hope that by listening to things like this podcast, it gives you a little bit of insight on how you can make that better, how you can moderate that. And also, if you want to learn more about it, you can get in touch with me. I I always promote questions. I do free coach Friday every Friday, but please don't be scared of carbohydrates, my friend. They are your friend, right? We just have to learn how much we need and then how to moderate them. That way you're going to get the best of both worlds. You're going to get to enjoy some of the foods you really like. You also get to understand that, you know, the scale might increase a little bit, but that doesn't matter because if you are in that deficit and your measurements are going down, it's highly likely that your body composition is changing. So lots of good things in there. Hopefully you've got some really, really good takeaways, my friends. But if you've got any questions on this one, you know exactly where to find me. And I look forward to seeing you in the next episode. 